When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is June 13th, and this is the Bruins Beat, presented by FanDuel on CLNS Media. Welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, Connor Ryan and I dive into the Vegas, Florida series, which is feels like it's nearing an end, but we could discuss that for a bit. But then we get into kind of an alternative solution for Tyler Bertuzzi and Dmitry Orloff and maybe something the Bruins might want to consider doing. And we kind of give our takes on, on both of those things. Then we also get into... The way the Kings cleared cap space, could that potentially be a way the Bruins clear cap space? So uh, we get into sort of things around the league that might make sense for the Bruins or might not make sense for the Bruins. So hopefully you enjoy this as you always should at least enjoy these episodes. Uh, So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor? What is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. You were down at Patriots minicamp, uh, right? It's minicamp. I, I always get confused. I never know like what's going on during the summer with them. Yeah, you know, it's it's minicamp. And of course, uh, this hockey writer who's usually indoors, nice uh, air conditioning, nice chill, uh, did not decide to uh, bring sunscreen. Didn't know that Ooh. was a thing. So I am... Uh, Check in on me later on this week, Evan, and we'll see uh, what state I'm in. But important thing to know, get the SPF uh, for the other days it's minicamp. So I'm laboring a little bit, but I'm happy to be here. You're going to get some color, though. You're going to get a nice little tan. It's going to look like this shirt. Yeah, you're going to be a lobster, though, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, and we'll be following along with your stuff at Boston.com. You'll become a, a Patriots expert as the week goes along. Maybe, probably, most likely. Um, hockey is still being played, Connor. Stanley Cup Final, Florida Vegas. See, I think Florida Vegas should be like a thing. That's what it's called now, Florida yeah. Vegas. You know, just yes, the mesh. It One big great. conglomerate. Yes. Oh yes, that would be great for this country if Florida and Vegas merged. Uh, you would just that would, <laughs> that would be really be some high quality stuff. Um, three one Vegas again. We're recording this Monday. Obviously, Game Five is Tuesday night. Um. Cassidy, one win away from the cup. Jack Eichel, one win away from the cup. Aiden Hill, which has been an incredible story. Also one way, one win away from the cup. Is it over? Does Vegas finish the job in game five? Uh, I think so. Uh, I just think that, and I, you know, it's tough to look past this Florida team for everything they've done so far this year, but I just think it's so impressive what Vegas has done. I mean, you have that, that backbreaker game three where it looked like you're about to go up 3-0. Uh, Chuck scores. They end up winning in overtime. Florida's, what, 7-0 and 
in the in the in overtime this playoff run. So that that could very well have been a backbreaker. And um, Vegas goes out, you know, gets an early lead, uh, holds off the expected surge you get from Florida, just like a you know a, a clinical kind of performance from Vegas. And it's just a team that you look at how they're built. Obviously, it starts at the top with Cassidy and just how connected they are defensively. But they just have everything you want in terms of a team that's going to contend like in today's NHL, right? Like you've got the big blue line. I think like their smallest guy is what Alec Martinez, who's six one. But you've got high end scores. You've got a lot of speed. I, I think that's one thing you notice now is um, as much as people look at like I, I think the right mix has to be like big blue line. And then you have to have a lot of speed and skill up front. So even if it's like, you know, wingers like Jonathan Marcheseau, who aren't that big, you know, you look at what they can create, what guys on the forecheck can do, uh, you know, a guy like Carlson, who's been fantastic all year, especially defensively. Um, and then, of course, you get like the the trademark hot goaltender in Aiden Hill comes out of nowhere. Vegas is a team that you look at just how they've, they've built out this roster. I think it's what you need to do. And what to compete in today's NHL. And so far they've executed that against a Florida team that can make you pay in a hurry. And so far they haven't had that many chances against this Vegas team. Yeah, Florida, I mean, has shown in the past, obviously, they can come back from a 3-1 series deficit. I forget when they did that, but I think they've done it at some point. I can't really recall me, when that let happened. Let me scroll through that and look it up a little bit later. We'll, we'll edit this back in once I Wikipedia. Yeah. End, so. yeah, yeah. We don't have access to the internet as we do these, so I, we're, we apologize uh, for not having that. But yeah, I mean, like, to me, it's over. I think it is. V- Vegas winning in uh, their own building. Can you imagine that what that place is going to be like if they win? I mean, oh, oh. It's going to be that just carrot, it's going to be carrot top, just like going crazy <laughs> in, the, in the stands. John Taffer pouring up drinks for everyone. I mean, that's uh, the dream. Yeah, it is the dream for any bar rescue fan. I think Lil John is also is he he's a big uh, Vegas fan as well. So he'll I believe be so. And... We'll we'll see what Mark Wahlberg is doing. We'll see if he's busy shilling some other really shitty company. But if he has time, maybe he'll be a Golden Knights fan for the weekend. So we'll see. Well, well if he's a fan, they're cursed. So they're, you know, they, they better hope he doesn't show up in a Vegas jersey because, whoa, and, and do the thing where they, they, they go like this, whatever it's called. Uh, I, mean, you know. I, I mean, the like the siren thing. Well, don't forget, yeah. uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh left, which also prompted the Patriots then to beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl because he left yes. and then threw his little child under the bus, which is a totally normal thing to do. Mark Wahlberg sucks, by the way. Let's throw out that. Mark Wahlberg, trash. Anyway, yeah, you, Evan, you've always – you were on that before – you were you've been on that for like pre people canceling him, right? In yes. a way, yes. you've been because no. ever since I've known you, you've been a big uh, scumbag. Uh, yeah, you've not been a fan of him. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> I back digress. to the show. <laughs> I digress. You can't if help you like, it, I, and I get like, that. I agree. If with you, you like Wahlburgers, if you like Wahlburgers, I don't know what to tell you. Bad, bad. I've never had it. I've never had Wahlburgers, but again, I've not. I heard imagine great it things. sucks. I imagine it sucks, Evan. <laughs> There's just the only place I've ever seen there be a Wahlburgers is around Fenway, and there's just so many better options for burgers. Tasty Burger, that's it. Just Tasty Burger. Dude, just go to Tasty yard, Burger. I'd rather go to the Yard House. Oh, Yard House too. Yeah, those places like that. Like, give me that. Um, but anyways, give me that. <laughs> give me that. Give me that. I think you should leave reference for those who aren't following. Um, Bruin stuff. We are. Trying our best to find some Bruins things, but there are real things to talk about. I don't want to pretend like these are nothing things. They're, they're real topics. Um, 
Kevin, your colleague, Kevin Paul DuPont, uh, in his Sunday Notes column mentioned, uh, the Bruins have Tyler Bertuzzi and Dimitri Orloff as pending high-profile UFAs. Like Severson, Damon Severson, obviously, they'd be allowed to sign only seven-year deals with clubs other than Boston, with a trade partner willing to go to eight years and with the player agreeing. Sweeney could sign one or both to max term length and receive a pick or two in return. Again, fairly humble return, but the Bruins can use picks. Um, and anything is better than seeing them walk for nothing. Obviously, David Severson was signed to an eight-year, $50 million deal by New Jersey, traded to Columbus. Columbus got a third-round pick. In exchange, uh, obviously, the you know Bertuzzi seems off the table. That They seem like they want to try and re-sign him, try and find mm-hmm. something at least. Orloff is where it gets interesting, I think, because Orloff we've kind of all written off um, uh, over the past couple of weeks. Last month, the apartment is he's 30. So I don't know if other teams are really eager to sign him to a eight year deal. Um, I don't know. Maybe you find someone desperate who's going to give up a second or a third round pick. Orloff is now definitely one of the top UFAs on D, maybe the top. Because again, Severson's gone, Gavrikov's gone. If a team really wanted to kind of get the inroad, I don't see why not if you can try to make that work if you're Don Sweeney. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at something like that in terms of structuring it where you are able to sign up to a longer-term deal. requires a lot, I think, to go in the Bruins' favor. Like, you need one yes. the goodwill of, like, Orlov. Like, again, let's, I think, view it in the perspective of uh, Orlov, I guess, because the Bruins, as you said, are trying to do what they can to retain him, and if that means moving out contracts, we'll see what happens, but... The Bruins, I, I don't think, are going to be in a situation where they're like, all right, well, it's a good run, Tyler. Like, yeah, the money's not going to work. They're going to be there off and see what they can do first. Orlov, I agree, like, very good player still, uh, you know, fit in well uh, on this team. But when you look at his age, plus the term, plus the payout, plus the, the Bruins' limited cap space right now, makes sense they're probably going to move on. But to then, like, you know, go to Orlov and be like, all right, we can't sign you. Really, but want to give us a little wink, wink, nod, nod, like help us get a a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick off of just adding another year of term for another team to get them. Like, I just view it as, especially if it'd be one thing if it was like some player who had been here for years and like just wasn't going to work out. And like, all right, you know us, we know your agent, we know all this stuff. Like Orlov, it's he's been here for a few months. Like, I, I don't really see that happening. And again, like. You, you know, it, it's right. Like the, the Bruins desperately need draft capital, but that being the, you know, that being the avenue they take, I just don't see it happening from just a, a practical sense, right. In terms of what you need to have happen there. You need a lot of working pieces to just get a probably six or seventh round pick. Yeah. Like I don't think you're getting a, not getting much. Yeah. Not much for just another year tacked on when, as you said too, like I think Orlov's going to get what? six years like six and a half million right like and i don't think the bruins are gonna hit that i don't see any team giving him eight and if no. you are i mean all the power to dimitri Rola, but like i don't know how many teams are gonna give him an eight-year deal yeah it comes down to like I, I who's giving him an eight-year deal and columbus is kind of a unique team they're aggressively retooling that back end yeah. they're doing some odd stuff to try and make that all work and become a contender basically overnight I don't know what Orloff brings to a team where that's the case, who can't wait a few days to try and sign him. You know, like I, I, that's where I don't understand how that works. And as you said, it's not like, oh, you can potentially get a first round pick for Dmitry Orloff. It's like, 
you're getting a low pick, which again, I mean, you never know, but you need draft capital in the first two rounds. You don't really need to bend over backwards for, for the later rounds. Um, and again, I think we'll get into as the draft gets closer, you know, is there any chance they get into the first round? Is there any chance they get into the second round? Um, I think they'd like to, but it's very hard to do it in this draft because it's really, really freaking good. All right, little break in the action here. Before we get back to the conversation, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And to be honest, that's why I love FanDuel. The promotions, outstanding. The safety and security of the app, elite. The ability for me to get paid instantly, amazing. It's a terrific experience to bet with FanDuel because of how easy to use the app is. And with the Celtics making a run towards the NBA final, it's a great way to get in on the action. So there's no better place to bet on all that playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com Boston and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, that's FanDuel.com Boston. FanDuel the official sports betting partner of the NBA, 21 plus in select states. First online real wager money only, $10 deposit required, refund, refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com, and that's in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP, in Louisiana, gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, one 877 hope or text HOPE-NY, that's H-O-P-E-N-Y, 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www. 1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Now, back to the show. Jumping right back into things, uh, you know, we, we touched on the the potential of trading Bertuzzi or, or Orloff. Um, there was more. There's been, you know, the, the NHL trade market was a little active the past week because you had the three-way deal with, uh, with the Kings, Columbus, and Philly. Um, and the Kings kind of, found a way to clear some cap space. They dealt Cal Peterson with his $5 million contract and Sean Walker with, I think it was like 2.6 million or 2.8 million to uh, Philly. Um, in return to do that, they had to give up a 2024 second and um, a prospect who was taken in the 2020 uh, NHL draft in the second round. So you're basically giving up two second round picks um, to do that. And you're all he. They also uh, retained thirty percent of Ivan Provorov's six point seven five million dollar uh, contract to do that. Um, I saw Fludoshinzal wrote a story in the Athletic, basically saying, "Is this a way for the Bruins to uh, to you know clear cap?" I don't think it is. I I, I have a tough time thinking this is the re- the way. Um, they don't 
the Bruins are kind of fortunate. They don't have one of those Cal Peterson contracts. David, the days of David Backus are over. So you don't really have anyone on this, this roster. I don't think who is making over like 4 million and is just kind of a burden on the roster. I mean, Mike Riley, they're going to try to figure something out with, but I wouldn't put him in that same category, mm-hmm. but also like to get rid of contracts. If they had to, they don't have the picture prospects to do that. That would be a waste. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I just don't see that like uh, be being an avenue. It's like right now you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place if you're the Bruins, right? In terms of just finding ways to shed these contracts. Like, I think people have to, you know, set themselves up for not not disappointment, but just being realistic in terms of if you're moving a guy like Olmark or Hall or, or what have you, like the guys we've already talked about countless times, Grizzly, Wilbert, Riley, if you're able to get a, a suitor for him. The, the, the key thing, I think, for the, the Bruins is clearing cap space, right? Is getting that financial flexibility back. Again, it remains to be seen what happens with Bergeron and Krejci. I imagine the Bruins probably already have some clarity. And if not, I think ideally we probably hear something relatively soon after the season wraps up officially. Um, but but this is a team that still has, you know, a, a, a core in place that should be competitive. It's all about having the flexibility to – you know, retain talent, add to to this group in place. And you can't do that without moving out contracts. So as much as people look at, you know, really, you know, not co- not convoluted, but, you know, more elaborate trades, uh, like, what you know, dealing out prospects or what have you in the sake of cap uh, flexibility, I think it's going to come down to just finding, like, the, the the top bidder for draft capital. And if it's even moving Olmark for a couple of picks or if it's Hall for, you know, below what you might think. If it leads to cap space and it leads to, you know, getting a guy like Bertuzzi, it allows you to add a guy later down the road, use a hall of draft picks to then acquire another center or what have you. Like, I think, you know, moving out uh, these contracts is the priority, not necessarily with the return. Of course, I'm not to say that you're moving Oldmark for a couple of fourth rounders, right? Like, you know, but I think for the the, the Bruins, the, the key thing is just, making sure you have that cap space available to really augment what is already a pretty strong core that you have in place here. So I go back to, it's almost the drastic measures they're going to have to take. Olmark, Hall, that feels the way to clear cap because you're clearing cap space with pieces that are still valuable. You know, like they carry value, you'll get something in return. You should get something in return, I would hope. For Taylor Hall and, and or Linus Olmark. But yeah, jumping in on a trade like this, to clear cap um and even like the whole idea of you know dealing mike riley and having to give up a, a draft pick with it like that still even makes me like yeah. mm, don't do that like there's a way you know it's it would be less but if you could just as you, if we've talked about just buying him out i think is probably the better move for your prospect pool and your future prospect pool yeah. um but I, I just i don't I don't have that desire that the Kings did. And the Kings can. The Kings have a deeper prospect pool. They have more picks. Um, they have this, you know, kind of annoying contract on their books. Um, Lord knows how Cal Peterson's going to do in Philadelphia with, <laughs> with already a bad goaltending city. You got John Tortorella on you all the time. So that should be ha- very interesting. But yeah, I don't, 
I don't have the the desire for the the Bruins to to jump in on something like that. We've outlined our plan for or, you know somewhat of our plan the the, the Marinovsky Ryan doctrine uh, to to what do you call it to clear up space, um, which is going to be weird. I'm curious. Like I think it's setting up to be, and this is why it'll be a dud. But it's setting up to be a somewhat explosive off season with with trades at least. But it wouldn't surprise me also if Don Sweeney found a way around that because that's sort of what he's been fairly good at of just kind of like going off the beaten path. I mean, I mean, like you look at just the way they have things set up, like again, you go with like best expectations or best laid plans of how they approach things. And it never goes out of how you expect it to, right? Like hell, like the Bruins could very much look at this off season and, and the fact that the cap should really bump up the next couple of years. I think I saw one report that said like maybe not next year, but, Two years down the road, it could be like a 10 million total cap. Like we could look at like 93, 94 by 25. Hell, is Don Twinney like, hey guys, sign one year deals and we'll promise you more money down the like again, you can never know how exactly these capture nash are gonna work out. Or, you know, it's one thing for a GM to kind of preach that and have players buy in. But if you're a player who's a free agent this year and you look at what lies ahead, are there gonna be guys that kind of do what Taylor Hall did in Buffalo like a one year deal and try to land in. Didn't Gabrikov just do that? Two years? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that could very well be a thing that uh, we should probably take note of in terms of how free agents are approaching these things. Like, is Tyler Bertuzzi gonna like? Would he take like a one year five two five to then try to re up a thing down the road? Like that is as you look at just the financial forecast and how things should improve. It, it's kind of a double edged sword, right? If you're the Bruins, you can get a guy like Bertuzzi. Let's say you get him back here for. Six years, five two five. All of a sudden, you got a him, Pasternak, McAvoy, Lindholm signed. You have the cap bumping up. Those contracts are great. But also, if you have guys that sign short term deals and hopes are a bigger payout, it helps you get over this initial hump this year too. So, how it all pans out, uh, it remains to be seen. But I think that looming cap jump that is expected should have some, you know. Positive and negative effects for how the Bruins handle this free agency. I agree with you. I like the idea of hey. Sign this one or two year deal and for the for the league minimum. Trust us, guys. <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, we're gonna do this. Um, yeah, the league minimum. The whole the hey, if Patrice Bergeron can do it, Tyler, you can do it too. Yes, you're only twenty eight. Uh, yeah, you know that you're only in the prime of your career. You're only looking for your you know long term deal, but wait a year or two, that'll work out great. Um, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff all around. This is a short episode. Uh, but we'll have more kind of coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yes, beyond uh, my uh, Patriots coverage as I continue to get burned. I think the summer is getting worse as I've done. It's like every <laughs> it has I've gotten worse. Up. It has. Um, beyond the Patriots and Red Sox and all that stuff, of course, we'll have you covered throughout this offseason for the Bruins. Things should start heating up a little bit as we get to the uh, the dog days of, of June now. So whether it's the draft, free agency, trades, all that good stuff. We'll have you covered every step of the way over at boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to go subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. It's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky, Brewsby listeners. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>